This is our lesson that we're going to be talking to you about here today. Handouts are being given to you right now. And uh, it's entitled, The World's Greatest Christmas Gift. The World's Greatest Christmas Gift. And I want to uh, talk to you from my heart a little bit here this morning. I'm going to put our lesson on the screen and uh, get it focused here. So you can see, you know, about where we are pointing to. And I know that you've got one in your hands and while you can't read that one up there so well, you can see about where we're pointing to it. And I want to talk to you about the world's greatest Christmas gift. Praise the Lord. And the, uh, the first statement that we have on there Number one, the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. I had someone give me a, a, a subscription years ago to Reader's Digest, I think it was. And in the card, it was a Christmas gift. and I'd be getting a copy of it every month for a year. And in the card they sent me, they said, this is a gift that I keep on giving. And every subscription is like that. But at the end of the year, it ran out. <laughs> it didn't keep on giving forever. It did have a limitation. There are a lot of gifts that people will give. And they say this one, because of the nature of it, it'll keep on giving. But eventually, they all run their course. I want to talk to you one here today that is the greatest of all gifts that keep on giving. And it never will never end. And I want to talk to you about it, the gift uh, that keeps on giving. And I want you to go to John 3.16 with me. Now, many of these verses will be familiar verses of Scripture with you. But uh, just stay with me because I want to tie them all together. And to help us to appreciate what God has done for us. Now, look at 3.16. This is one of the most familiar verses in the Bible by all Christian denominations. For God so loved the world. Before I go any further, let me just stop right there. God so loved the world. And I just want to say this to all of us here today. God loves humanity. God loves people. God has a love for us that's beyond our ability to grasp and comprehend. And he loves the human race. God so loved the world. And then he goes on to say here the price that he was willing to pay because he so loved humanity. And I just want to tell you here, don't ever, don't ever let the devil ever push out of your mind that God doesn't love you, that he doesn't love others. He loves people and he wants people to be saved. Praise the Lord. God so loved the world. And of course, the next one is that he gave. He so loved that he gave. He didn't just say, oh, I love, I love, I love, but he gave. It was his actions of love, actions of love. It's what he gave. And he goes on to say, and he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I just want to point out to you here that the love of God was so great that he gave to the world Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ's gift to us is a gift that has, 
that kept on giving throughout his earthly ministry and is still continued to give to this day. And we're going to be looking at that real closely here. Uh, you don't have this in your notes, but I'm just going to look at Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32, and this is what it says. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, for us all. And how he not, and, and, and shall he not with him also freely give us all things. So God wants to give us folks what he has for us over and beyond what we may receive just in everyday natural life. God has something great in the spiritual world for us. And he has, and it's there. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it here this morning. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to go to A here, God's love for mankind. God's love for mankind. You say, Brother Mario, we know that. Yeah, but stay with me on this. Stay with me. I want you to go to, to uh, John 4, uh, 1 John 4. This is not St. John, but I'm sorry, this is John, St. John, four, the fourth chapter. And the seventh verse, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Love is of God. And if you've got your Bible, underline that phrase, love is of God. Praise the Lord. Look it down in verse eight. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. I mean, the very expression of God is love. And in this was manifest the love of God, I'm reading verse nine, toward us. Now looking down in verse 10, here is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. So it all started with God's love for us. If you say, well, I love God, but it all started first of all with his love for us. And because he loved us, we didn't have any love for him. Here is love that not that we loved him, God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So he's talking here about the power of love and that this love all comes from God. Look at verse 16. I'm emphasizing a phrase here, and that is that the very nature of God is love, and especially love for the human race. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love. This is 16, now 416. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Going down to verse 19, my last verse here. And he, we love him because he first loved us. Praise the Lord. Very simple statement, but I want you to understand here that the love that we may experience for God, for each other, for humanity, for whatever it might be, the love that we have for anything, is all from the Lord, for God is the giver of all love. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to go to number one here. It's not his will that any should perish. This is how much the love of God is. And I want you to notice this because some people believe. Some people believe that we're born to be saved or lost. We're born, they call it predestined. The individuals are not predestined. The church is predestined to have been from the beginning of the world. The Lord de determined that one day that'd be a church. And that was predestined, and that's mentioned in the book of Ephesians and also in Romans. 
talks about the predestination of the church and talks about us being predestined, but not us as individuals, not me as an individual, not you. We are not individually predestined to be, anybody can be saved. And so I wanna point this out to all of us here. So I'm going over here then to 1 Timothy 2 and 4. This is because that God loves the whole world. He said, who will have, who, speaking of the Lord now, who will have all men, A-L-L, all. In my Bible, I've got a ring around that verse, that word. Who will have all men to be saved. It's God's will that all men be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth. And of course, we believe, you know, the Bible says in mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And then over in Second Peter and verse three, 2 Peter, that's the next verse that's mentioned here. Second Peter 3, 8, 3, 9, rather. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. Notice that, two verses here. But that all should come to repentance. Now, so I'm pointing out to you here that it's God's will that everybody be saved. So I don't care what a mean rascal that you know down the street or that's in your family somewhere or whatever. I want you to know that there's a love of God for him or her, that he or, he or her may be saved, he or she may be saved. So I'm pointing out to you here that it's God's will that people be saved and God loves us. And all the love that we have in this world is all from the Lord. God is the, is the author and the giver of love. Now, I want to go to B here because I'm getting more specific here. Jesus Christ was God's gift to the world. God's gift. Now, we send gifts to each other at Christmas time. But the first Christmas was God's gift to all of us. God's gift to the world. Jesus was born in a manger. We talked about that last week. And uh, this is what we're talking to you here about this week, that the love of God is the gift, praise the Lord. And uh, this, uh, in John three sixteen, Jesus was God's gift to the world, John three 16. I'm going back to that original verse and I'm gonna reread it because this is where, this is the basis of it all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, but have everlasting life. And so uh, this is where we're going. Now, in condition with that, I want you to look here. Jesus' earthly ministry was a series of gifts constantly being given. When he was on earth, he was God's gift to the world, and his earthly ministry was a series of gifts, 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 and gifts. I'm just pointing out to you folks that God's gift that was given on the first Christmas, let me call it that, when Jesus was born, is a gift that keeps on giving. And in his earthly ministry, it was a gift to the Jewish people that kept on giving in his earthly ministry. And I wanna to talk to you about his earthly ministry here for a moment. So when Jesus was in his in ministry, and I'm only just gonna, Mention a few of them here. There's so many more, but just a few. The widow woman. Look at Luke 7, 12. Luke 7, 12. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, this was a city called Nian, 
He came nigh the gate of the city. Behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Now, they didn't have social security back in those days. And if you, had, if you lost a loved one, the family would take care of each other, especially if it was their children or their parents or their siblings or their spouses or whatever it was. Well, this woman had nobody left. It was all gone, all taken away. Everything was gone. And she had one son and her husband had died and left her one son. And she said, well, thank God I have a son that will take care of me. You know, she's a, a woman that's up in years and her son's grown now, but then he ups and dies. And she has nobody, she has nobody left. And they're taking, they got him in a casket and they're taking him through the streets and they're going to bury him. And here's what it says. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. The only son of his mother and she was a widow and much people of the city was with her, sympathetic. They all felt bad for her, they cried, and they were very sorry for her condition. And when the Lord saw her, now look at this next phrase, folks. He had compassion on her. There's about three places in the Bible where it talks about the Lord having compassion. This is one of them. One of them was when he saw the, the multitude of people, five thousand men besides women and children. They were all hungry. They had no food. The Bible said he had compassion for them and said to let them all sit down. And he fed all of them just by keeping, by breaking five loaves of bread, seven loaves of bread, five fishes, just breaking and breaking. You know the story. It's in all the four gospels. And later on, he did the same thing with four, but he had compassion. And he saw the people as sheep scattered without a shepherd. He had compassion upon them. Thank God for the compassion that was in Jesus Christ, his love, his love. And he saw this widow woman and it touched his heart. Thank God that the Lord's heart can be touched. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm just trying to tell you here, we don't live, a, we don't serve a, a, a cold God or a mean God or a hard hearted God. But if there's anything, this love is from him. If there's anything with compassion is from him your Lord's a giver of those things. So the verse 13 says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said unto her, weep not. He said, I'm going to do something about this. And he came and touched the buyer, which is the casket. And they that bear him stood still. What's this, going to, what's this all about? They said to each other. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. That was all he had to say. He said it and it had to happen. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak and he delivered him to his mother, a gift from God to her, a gift from Jesus Christ to her. I'm giving you a gift here, praise the Lord. The greatest gift, it, it, more than money could have given her, more than anything else could have given her was the gift of her son back to her and he was alive again. So I'm just pointing out to you how that the Lord kept on giving. Jesus in his earthly ministry was giving these gifts constantly. 
Praise the Lord. Sometimes he would heal people. He said, now go and tell your family. Tell them, witness to them, tell them. And they went and told them, and there was a gift that it was kept on giving. Look at verse 19 here in verse 7. Verse 19. And John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them to Jesus saying, Art thou he that should come or look we for another? This is John the Baptist now. Whenever he was in prison and he called his disciples and said, Go ask Jesus if he's the one that should come or look we for another. He'd been telling the whole world that this was the Messiah. Then he said, Okay, just to make sure. So he sent his disciples. Verse 20, And when the men were come unto him, Jesus they said, John the Baptist sent us unto him, saying, Art thou he that should come or look we for another? Verse 21, and in that same hour, Jesus cured many of their infirmities, many. In my Bible, I've got that word many underlined. Jesus began to just heal everywhere, heal, 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 heal. He didn't say anything to, didn't say anything to the disciples, just started healing. Healed many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits and unto many that were blind, he gave sight. My, he was just giving gifts everywhere. Praise the Lord. Then Jesus answering said unto those disciples, go your way, tell John what things you have seen and heard. And how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. To the poor, the gospel is preached. And so, of course, they went and told John, and John said, that's him. That's the Messiah. Praise the Lord, because he would come as a giver. He is the gift of God to us, and he is giving all of these gifts of all type, healing and blind healing. And you can imagine what gifts they were. No gift was as great as this gift. And Jesus was giving all kinds. And so while we're right here in Luke, uh, let's go to Luke. Uh, I think it's Luke 8. Yeah, Jairus' daughter, Luke 8, 41. I'm just, I'm just a few pages down in your Bible. Luke 41, 1. Behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house, for he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. She wasn't dead yet. But as he went, the people thronged him. Now, there was a woman who touched the hem of his garment and was healed. I won't get into that, but I'm going to finish this parable here while the people had thronged him. Look at verse 49, jump into verse 49. While he yet spake, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead. Trouble, not the master. It's too late now. If you believe that he could have come and healed your daughter, okay. But it's too late now because the, the daughter has passed away. She's dead, she's gone. And he told the man that. Look at verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Wow. Okay. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in. This was Jesus now. Except Peter 
and James and John who were with him, and the father and the mother of the maiden. So those five with Jesus, six of them, went in the house and, and all wept. There's a whole, all the town people was all in there crying. They were weeping and they were bewailing her. Verse 52, and he said, weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. That's what Jesus told all these people in there crying and weeping for her. And they laughed him to scorn. Oh, are you kidding me? She's dead. She's died. She's gone on her way. Knowing that she was dead, they laughed him to scorn. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called saying, arise, maid arise. And her spirit came again and she arose straightway and he commanded to give her meat. This is also recorded in other gospel books and Mark, of course, and so forth. And this is Luke and Matthew and Mark. I'm just pointing out to you here, folks, that in Jesus's earthly ministry, he still was giving. It was the gift that had kept on giving. He was the gift of God to the Jewish people and to the world. And it would be a gift that would just keep on giving. Everywhere Jesus went, he was healing. He was doing it. It was gifts, 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 gifts everywhere. And there would be no gift in this world that would be like the gift that God gave. God so loved the world that he gave. And what a gift he gave. Jesus came, praise the Lord, and he did all these earthly gifts, praise the Lord, and he was giving and all these kind of things, praise the Lord. And of course, the greatest gift he gave was that of Calvary and him going to the cross and so forth. Now I'm gonna to go, to go to three here. God's gift to us Gentiles. That's Gentiles. Now, after Jesus died on the cross, the greatest gift of all, he died on the cross, the giving of his life, the giving of his shedding of his blood, the giving of his, of course, it's called the Son of God, that man was the Son of God. Jesus Christ was both God and man. Amen. In him was the Spirit of God, the one God and one and only God. And, in, and then the outside was the, was the man, Christ Jesus. And there was a man, Christ Jesus, that died on the cross, not God himself. But Jesus himself died, shed his blood, his gift, and this was the gift of God to mankind because he so loved the world that he wanted to extend to them now to the whole world. Not only, folks, healings, and not only raising the dead, but when they finished out their life, they would die and go ahead on back. You know, they'd go ahead and die. And they, all of these that were that were healed and, and, and their lives were given back to them, they eventually died again. At that time, they, they went to the grave. Now, I'm pointing this out to you for all of us here, that God's love was so great that it was also to be extended to the Gentiles. And when Jesus rose from the dead and then 40 days later ascended into heaven, he said, I go away and if I go away, I'll come again and receive unto myself. And then he told his disciples just before he went away, he said that I'm going to go away and I'm going to uh, give you gifts. Now look at number three here. God's gift to us Gentiles. Look at Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28, 19. And this is again, very familiar verses of scripture, but it's the Lord's gift to us Gentiles now. This is when the Lord, just before he went away, he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, all nations, 
Oh, is it everybody? Yeah, everybody now, not just Jews. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now the name is Jesus. We'll talk to you about that in a moment. But the name, praise the Lord, is only one name. It does not say names, N-A-M-E-S. Father is not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. Son is not a name. Those are titles, titles of God. They belong to the one and only God. And there's one name here. And baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. And I just want to tell you here that when the Lord told them, go into all world, preach the gospel, I'm going to be with you always. You won't ever, you won't ever go anywhere that I won't be. And you will not live longer than what I'm going to be loving you and taking care of you, looking after you folks. And that commandment is still for us today. Still for us today. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. That's why people in all the world are being saved. And if you want to know the truth, we are way at the opposite side of the world from Jerusalem. He was seeing this over in Jerusalem. We're on the other side of the world from there. And here we are. God has saved us. Thank God for that. Praise the Lord. So I'm just pointing out to you here, God's great gift of giving us salvation. And then of course, this is Mark's version of that same commandment that Jesus gave. And it's in Mark 16, 15. And this is also in your verse of scripture here. This is over here. Mark 16, 15. You say, Brother Meyer, we know all that. I know that. I'm tying it all together. This is a, this, I know this is the familiar territory to you. But I'm showing you how much God loves us and his gift of giving, praise the Lord, keeps on giving. And it's still giving. It's still giving. He's still saving. He hasn't stopped. Praise the Lord. And he hasn't stopped blessing. And he hasn't stopped helping you and me because God loves us. And if, we, if the devil can ever get you to think that God doesn't love you, he's got you in a corner. You say, no, 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 get from behind me, Satan. Get from behind, get away, get away. I don't, God loves me, I know he does. That was a big price that he paid on Calvary for me, for me. And just think about it, every one of us. And many times in my personal devotion, I'll pray and talk to God, just me and him, I just talk to him. And I say, God, you've been so good to me. And I pray for people, and I pray for many of you, and I pray for a lot of things. But sometimes I just say, God, thank you for saving me. Praise the Lord. Who was I? I was nothing. I was nobody. And the Lord had mercy upon me. Praise the Lord. Save me. And the same thing for you, every one of us. You may think you're something today, but really we're nothings. We're nothings. God is so good. Praise the Lord, it's because he loves them. Reading here, Mark 16, 15. He said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Again, now this is to us Gentiles. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Look at this. In my name shall they cast out devils. Wow. They shall speak with new tongues. And I'm just trying to show you here that the Lord, and that's what speaking in tongues is all about. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost that God would send. So the Lord told us, praise the Lord, that he would send the gospel, and so it was going to be given to all of us Gentiles. God's gift of grace to us Gentiles. God's gift of grace. 
Go to Ephesians 2.4 for a moment. Ephesians 2.4. And I love this because the love, the grace is the unearned favor of God. And I've talked to you about it this before and I know that. But the grace of God is given unto us. We had no right to anything. We had no right to salvation. We had no right to God's love. We had no rights. There was nothing about us that said we qualify to receive the best that God has to give in this whole world. Nothing, nothing. It's all by God's loving mercy and kindness and grace to us. The grace is the unearned favor of God, the unmerited favor of God. God favors us. Why? Who knows why? Because he loved the world. He loved the world. He so loved the world. So I'm reading here from Ephesians chapter two, verse two, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Verse five, even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ and then in brackets, by grace, you're saved. You're saved by the grace of God. Nothing you've done, nothing you've earned, nothing I've earned, nothing I've done, nothing. Verse six, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what church is all about. Folks, don't neglect going to church. I know sometimes we may be sick, we may be afflicted, I know sometimes it's impossible for us to make it for some reason or another, but as long as you can still keep on going to church, go to church because the Bible even says it here. We sit together in heavenly places. Here we are sitting side by side and we're in, and, heavenly, and we'll have our morning service here in about 10 minutes and we'll 15 minutes and we'll be worshiping the Lord and glorifying God and we can worship God and praise the Lord and we sit together in heavenly places. God's presence comes down and you can feel his presence and you feel his blessings and feel his glory. And I'm just trying to tell you here today, folks, that's from God. God has given us that. And don't neglect, amen, those things that God has given. So I'm going to finish reading here. And it goes on to say here, uh, verse six, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the, the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace, and this is repeated from what it had been, he had just said up here in verse five, for by grace are you saved through faith. God's grace through faith and faith is our response to God's grace. Did God love me? Yes. Does God love me? And will I praise and worship him? Yes. And you lift your hands and you, by saying yes in your spirit, in your heart, you are, praise the Lord, responding by faith to God. Some people can hear the preaching of the word of God and God may deal with them and they get up and walk out the door. Get up and walk out the door. The night I got saved, I was in church and God was dealing with my heart to come to the altar. And I didn't want to go to the altar because I had my own ideas about what I wanted to do. That little old keychain in my pocket and I was playing with it like this. I still remember, I was 16 years old. Had a little keychain with a football on it. I played football in high school. And I was twirling a little thing around playing with that thing. 
been around there and the young people all went to the altar and I was the only one sitting on the back pew and God was dealing with my heart and I was trying to reject him. I was trying to reject him. You understand what I'm saying? I whirled the thing around and finally I said, oh, what's the use? I put that chain, I stuck it in my pocket and I stepped out of the aisle and walked down that aisle and it changed my life. Praise the Lord. I finally, when I went down there, God began to pour, deal with me, talk to me Amen. I began to worship God and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that night because I just gave my whole heart. I said, if I go down that altar, it's just going to be, that's it. I'm going. I'm not going to ever go back. That's it. So I'm just pointing out to you folks that these, praise the Lord, is the, it's the grace of God. It was the grace of God that God kept dealing with me, a sinner. Praise the Lord. And it was finally my faith. It says, all right, God, I know that you're the Savior and you want to save my soul. Praise the Lord. You understand here, for by grace you're saved, and that through faith. How many people come to church, feel the presence of God, but walk out those doors? And you came to church, felt the presence of God, and you came down to this altar. And I just want to tell you here that God is still in the saving business. He, it's not over. He hasn't quit. He's still, amen, the gospel is still going to the whole world. And the whole world includes Palm Bay, Florida. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. I know to us, the world is out there way on, maybe across the other side of, the, of oceans and everything, but the world is right here as well. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So by grace, you're saved that through faith. So I'm just pointing out to you here that God's gift of grace was one of his gifts to us. Look at B here. God also gave us the gift of the Holy Ghost. Look at 2-4. You say, Brother Myers, I know what 2-4 says. Uh, let's read it again. Let's read it again. 2-4 talks about the day of Pentecost, and they're all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven and rushed them in verse 2. Then finally, in verse 4, the Spirit of God came all over the 120 disciples of Jesus that had gone to the upper room and were praying and waiting for the day of Pentecost was come. Jesus was crucified on the eve of the Passover. And then 50 days after the Passover was the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was called also the Feast of First Fruits. And it was also whenever the, that men would dedicate their oldest son to the Lord. And it was also a time of sacrifice was made and so forth. And it was on the day of Pentecost that the Lord poured out his spirit. And so this is why it names Pentecost. And it was to the, at that time, it was just to the Jews only. Here in the second chapter, it later became the Gentiles. Verse four, and they were all, all ALL filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. That's other languages. That's called glossolalia. That's the Greek word for meaning speaking in tongues or speaking in other languages called glossolalia, in case anybody wants to know. And began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so as they spoke, and all these Jews gathered around and said, what's going on here? These people are speaking other languages, and some of us know those other languages. There are 16 different languages they were speaking, at least that is recorded here in the second chapter of that. At least 16 different languages they were, all different ones were speaking in. And as they were speaking these languages, there were different Jews that had gathered there for this feast day. They said, I hear him speaking in this, he's speaking, he's speaking in Greek, he's speaking in Roman. Latin, he's speaking in uh, Turkish, he's speaking in whatever. They were speaking in different languages of all types. And I know what the language is because I live over there in that country and I've come here for the feast day. 
everything. So they asked Peter, said, what? Uh, verse 37, now when they heard this, they were all pricking their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brother, what shall we do? What's going on here? Look at verse 38. In case any of you don't know what this is. <laughs> this is the fulfillment of Matthew 28, 19, go in baptize in the name of it. And also in Mark 16, 16, 15, 17, 16. Is it now Peter said unto them, repent. And that's what we always need to do, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's that name that he's talking about. There's no other name, the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Not the forgiveness of sins, the remission. Forgiveness means that it's just passed until the next time. It's forgiven for now. If you go down and you say, I got a light bill here, I can't pay it this month. Okay, you are forgiven this month, but next month you gotta pay it. You gotta pay this one and the next month, okay? But if they said, no, don't, don't worry about it, Mr. Myers, your bill has been remitted. That means it's paid for. You understand what I'm saying? And when it says your sins shall be remitted, for the remission of sins means it's all been paid for. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He took your sins all away. You don't have to worry about them coming back. You can pick up old sin, you can pick up old stuff and come back and have sin in your life. But the same Christ that forgave you for the first will forgive you for the second. Praise the Lord. The Bible said if we've committed any sin, then ask the Lord and he'll forgive us of it. Now, I'm gonna finish reading here. It said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise is to you. You're gonna receive it now. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all, A-L-L, to all that are afar off. Praise the Lord. Now he's talking about us Gentiles. We are far off. We're halfway around the world from Jerusalem where this was first preached. We're far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So I'm just pointing out to you here how that the Lord, is. I'm going to move very quickly here, the gift of his name, the power of his name. I just read that. Uh, no, let me, let me read. Yeah. Look at Acts 4.12. I haven't read this. Acts 4.12. Praise God. Look at this one very closely. This is about his name now. He's given us now the power of his name, the gift of his name. Neither is our salvation any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Okay, so it's the name of Jesus. God has given us that name. And then with that is John 14, 13. John 14, 13, uh, which is... Uh, Jesus says this, John 14, 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, this is what the Lord told his disciples while he was still in his earthly ministry. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. You see what God's given us? He's given us his name. He's given us his name. Praise the Lord. The name of Jesus is on you. When you're baptized, that name is on you. You receive his spirit. His spirit is in you. The name is on you. The spirit is in you. Praise the Lord. And he's given us his name. So what's your father's name? Is Jesus. Praise the Lord. I know we have an earthly father, but he's my heavenly father. 
Praise the Lord. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow, what power that is. So do you understand here what I'm really talking to you about? The gift that keeps on giving. God's gift that he gave us uh, when he gave the first Jesus Christ to us. And Jesus Christ gave many in his lifetime. And when he ascended into heaven, he gave us the Holy Ghost. He gave us baptism in his name. And then he keeps on giving us gifts, praise the Lord, and things like this. And it's wonderful, the gift of his name, amen. And uh, I, uh, there's other scriptures and so forth that I, I know my time is running out here. This is another one here about, uh, this, I'm gonna go here, the gift of eternal life, Romans 6, 23. And uh, let me see here. All right, 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, so the gift of his name, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the gift of eternal life that he has given us, that you'll live forever and ever. And this is what it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And then one last verse here that I'll read, and that's the one found in Matthew 27, 22, Pilate saith unto them, what shall I then do with Jesus who is called Christ? And I ask you this question, now what are you gonna do with the one called Jesus? What are you gonna do with that? That's God's gift to us, what are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do with that gift of God to you, Jesus Christ? He's been given to us to give us eternal life. And so this is when Jesus was being crucified and being judged by Pilate. And the Bible says, what do you, who do you want, Jesus or Barabbas? They said, give us Barabbas. And this is what he says in verse 22. And this is also recorded in Mark. This is Matthew 20, in Matthew 27, 22. And Pilate said unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And I ask all of us here today, what are we gonna do with Jesus? He's God's gift that has been given to the world. What are we gonna do with it? Praise the Lord. Can I say, folks, live for him, serve him, walk with him, keep his commandments, obey the word, live for God, tell others about him, tell others that Jesus came to die for them. And I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. It is God's will that they be saved. Let's stand together and give God the praise and let's thank him here today. You've been a lovely audience. This is a simple message, but it's one of the greatest messages that you'll ever hear about what God has done for us and is doing for us. Jesus, we love you.